Genesis chapter number 1. Genesis chapter number 1, if you will, in your Bibles. Genesis chapter 1, I'll read one verse and then I'll have you be seated and I'll get to the sermon. While you're standing, uh, if you will, I want you to look over here at this picture. I know it's black and white. I know it's a long time ago. But then I want you to turn and I want you to look around you. And it's in color. Same thing as that one. Same thing as that one. In just a few moments we'll have an altar call. and That one's in black and white. But same decisions that are made on that mourner's bench right there can be made on this altar right here. God still does it. And He wants to do it through you. Genesis chapter 1, verse number 26. Verse number 26. And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness. And let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Verse 27. So God created man in His own image, In the image of God created He Him. Male and female created He them. I'm going to pray and then I want to preach this message to you. Stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray that God right now you'd fill me with your Holy Spirit. I cannot, I cannot, Lord, do anything but waste time while I'm up here if you're not with me. I need your help. I pray that you'd give a spirit-filled listening. I pray that, God, you'd speak to hearts. You know my desire. You know my heart. Lord, please, do a work, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. I want you to understand something. First of all, I'm going to lay a Bible foundation. And I understand being in a youth conference. I'm, I'm 28 years old. I, 11 years ago is when I was called to preach. I was 17 years old. And it's big, sometimes it's big boy preaching. Especially, and I like big boy preaching. I liked it when I was a teenager. And a lot of you like it. Don't like all that fluff. You know what I mean? You like big boy preaching. Challenge me. Not junior church. I mean, we didn't bring out the flanograph. You know what I'm talking about? Because you're teenagers. And uh, I liked big boy preaching. And so I'm, I'm going to challenge you today. But, but, but I want you to see, first of all, in verse number 26, God lays out the plan. Before He ever creates the man, He has the plan. Do you see that? He says, you know what, let's, let's make man. Now, in this passage of Scripture, and I don't want to, when I preach the Bible, I paraphrase a little bit. I think, you know, if He says, let us, He's talking to Jesus and the Holy Spirit. He says, uh, let us, let us uh, let's make man. But, you know what, before we make Him, let's go ahead and have a plan in place for Him. Let's have a plan set up for the man. In fact, here's what we're going to do. 
We're going to let Him have dominion over the cattle and over the fish and over everything that creeps upon the earth. And we're going to let Him subdue the earth. We're going to let Him be fruitful and multiply. That's verse 28. And we're going to let Him run the earth, basically. We're going to let Him subdue the earth. We're going to let Him handle His business here on the earth. We're we're going to let Him uh, uh, be here on the earth. And we'll come down and we'll hang out with Him. That's what happened. God wants to hang out with you too. He was waiting this morning. Wherever you left this book, he was waiting. Then I want you to notice something, though. After he, gave, after he had the plan and he had created the man, verse number 15 of chapter 2, watch this. Verse number 15 of chapter 2. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. So first he, gives, he, he has the plan for the man. Not all these rhymes, so I wish they did. It'd be really cool, especially, you know, because that's neat, but they don't. First, he has the man, the plan for the man. Then, second of all, he gives man a place to do the plan. Puts him in the garden. Now, here's the thing. Even in putting him in the garden, look at verse 15. He tells him to dress it and to keep it. I didn't put you there, Adam, to, to, to hang out or to have fun or to do whatever you wanted. I gave you a purpose before you ever, before I ever breathed breath into your nostrils. You had a plan. You had a purpose. That was the plan that we had for you. And all the place is, is just somewhere to do the plan. It's all about the plan. Can I tell you something today? It's all about the plan. It's all about God's plan for your life. He has a plan just for you. If you've ever seen a set of blueprints or a set of building plans, He has that set up for your life on how you can achieve God's will for your life. And He has that just for you. Filed away in one of those really cool little, you know, circle boxes. You know what I'm talking about? He has that for you. And He has a place for you to do the plan. Notice this. Look at verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. You see that? Verse 17. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day thou eatest, thereof thou shalt surely die. Excuse me, all that yelling during the games got to me. I want you to notice, next of all, he gave man some principles... In verse 17, he said, look, don't eat of this tree because if you eat of this tree, it's going to hinder how you do the plan. Y'all still with me? Don't lose me. I know it's a Bible foundation. I'll get to preach it in just a minute. You know, the yelling and the screaming and the illustrations and all that. All right, just hang out with me, okay? Got to get some Bible in there. It's good for you. He had a plan. He gave man a place to do the plan. And then he said, look, I'm not just going to say, okay, Here's God's will for your life. Go do it. He said, no, here's some principles to keep you in the plan. Here's how you stay in the plan. Here's how you don't just be a flash-in-the-pan Christian who stays right with God two weeks after summer camp or a week after youth conference. Here's some principles to stay doing the plan and staying in the place to do the plan. Here's some principles on how to do the plan. But it was all about the plan. 
That's why he had the place. And that's why he gave him the principles. It all connected to the plan. Notice this, verse 18. And the Lord God said, It is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. Notice this. Sometimes this bothers me. He did not make him a help meet. One word. Look at your Bibles. He made him an help meet. Or a helper that was meet for him. Or made specifically for him. Are you all with me? This is good preaching and this will help you. He gave man a plan. He gave man a place. I don't know why my keys are on here. He gave man a plan. He gave man a place to do the plan. He gave man some principles on how to stay in the plan. And he said, you know what would help man? Man could use some uh, a person to help him do the plan. But it was all about the plan. The person just wasn't a buddy to hang out with. The person just wasn't somebody to get into sin with. The person was all about helping the man do the plan. God has a plan. He puts Adam in the place to do the plan. He gives Adam principles to keep him in the plan. He gives Adam a person to help him in the plan. It's all about the plan. His will, his plan, his purpose, God's leading, Holy Spirit guiding, God's direction, whatever you call it. It's all about the plan. I'm going to tell you all something today, and I want you to hear me really well. Many have tried, and many have failed. And many in this room will try, and many in this room will fail in trying to get, in trying to live their lives with these things out of order. Because for some reason, we get caught up in the place. But you're not the only one. Lot and Abraham. They're fighting. Lot's men's fighting with Abraham's men. Lot's camels fighting with Abraham's camels. Nobody can get along. Y'all with me? Read your Bible. It's in the Bible. If you would read the Bible, you would love it. I'm serious. You say, Brother Davis, you always make it sound so exciting. It is. If you read it with that kind of mind and you put yourself in there like the Stooges do, I'm serious. But Lot, as he, as he had a decision to make, he knew what God's plan was. You better stick with Abraham. That guy walks with God. He's a friend of God. You better stay with him. You better fire those guys that fight with Abraham's guys. You better kill those camels that fight with Abraham's camels. And you better just stick with Abraham, man. But he didn't do that. Lot chose Sodom over God's will. He chose the happening spot. He chose uh, where the money may come. He chose where the crowd was. He chose where, what worked best for him. He chose the place over the plan, and look where it ended up. Look where he ended up. Jonah was the same way. He knew the plan. Get in there and preach that revival in Nineveh. Nineveh? Oh, I don't want to go to Nineveh. I'll go to Tarsus. And who knows? Jonah might have been willing to go to Tarsus and even do a work for God, but he wasn't going to Nineveh. He said, "I'm, I'm not going. To, I'm not going to Nineveh. I'm going to Tarsus." He wanted a place over a plan. He might have got down to Tarsus, I don't know, got right with God, and who knows. But it didn't matter. He chose a place over a plan, and you know where he ended up? In a big pile of well puke. Read your Bible. 
You want to travel that way? You think the seats on your bus are uncomfortable? Think about it. He was in, uh, think about this. He was in that whale's belly for three days. That whale ate more times than Jonah. Imagine him sitting in that whale's belly and all of a sudden a big bunch of fish just dump on his head. That face right there. Hannah's making a face like this. Gross. And that's the exact same face people make when they choose the place over the plan. It's all about a place. Oh, Brother Davis, but, but, but there's this place and, and everything's going on there and i got to be there. And they choose the place over the plan. Hey, I'll tell you about Saul. Saul chose some his principles, his principles over the plan. Not God's principles, but his principles. Let me tell you what happened. First Samuel 15. He was told to go and kill them all. Wipe them out. Kill everybody. He came back. He said, ha, I can see him now. I have done the commandment of the Lord. Samuel said, How come I hear them sheep? Read your Bible. I'm telling you, it's there. You open the first Samuel 15, your Bible goes, Let me tell you what he did. He did what he wanted to do. He did what he thought was right. Well, I really don't know if I have to do it that way. I really don't know if I have to go that far. I kind of want to do it the way I want to do it. I mean, it seems okay. It's close enough to what they're doing. I mean, it's it's not exactly what they're doing, but I mean, it's close enough to what... And you know what ended up with him? He lost his. He lost everything. He got kicked out of the kingdom. Evicted. Lost his job. Then you got Samson. This next group, they chose the people, they chose people over the plan. Samson and David, both of them, chose a person over the plan. Don't, don't forget that Samson, before you read the chapter where Samson got into sin, Samson was a judge. He knew the plan. He knew God's plan for his life. But he chose a person over the plan. Don't look at me funny. Because that's the same thing some of us do. We're so interested in a boy or a girl that we won't listen to preaching on the will of God. We got googly eyes so bad we won't even listen to preaching. David was the king of Israel. The greatest king of Israel. And he chose a person over God's great plan for David's life. But not only that, think about Amnon and Peter. They just had some friends. Just some buddies. People they like. People they like to hang out with. And Amnon's friend cost him his life, cost him his testimony, ruined his whole family. And Peter, as preacher preached last night, ended up cursing and denying the Lord because of the crowd he was hanging out with. They chose people over the plan. Peter knew what his plan was. I got news for you. No plan equals destruction. No plan equals destruction. I want to share some statements with you today about the plan. I'm going to be real practical, but I want you to listen and I promise you it will help you. Number one, God has a plan for your life. 
Brother Davis, we've heard that three times this week. We've heard that ten times. Our preacher preaches on that all the time. We've got a whole Sunday school lesson on that. Brother Davis, that's all that we ever hear. You know, let, me t- let me tell you why. Because the devil has a plan for your life too. But God has a plan for your life. And let me tell you something. Before you were ever born, Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 5. Before you were ever born, just as He made that plan for Adam, before Adam was ever born, just as He called Jeremiah before Jeremiah was ever born, I believe that God, before you were ever born, had a plan for you. And He's got that blueprint in that nice little roll thingy. You know what I'm talking about? And I believe maybe he pulls it out sometimes and he looks up and he says, Oh, potential. The ability and the talent that lies in this room could change America, could change the world. We talk about God's will. That's his desired result. He has that for you. You know, preacher preached on Wednesday night about what, 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 he, what brought him to be a fundamentalist. I can tell you what got me to surrender to preach. I sat not as a person that grew up in a Christian school. I grew up in a home where I could do whatever I wanted. And, and I did whatever I wanted. And, 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 and my, my home life was terrible. And I went to church to hang out with my friends. That's why I went. I didn't have to go to church. I, I went to a Baptist church because I chose to go to a Baptist church. Some of you go to a Baptist church because you're made to. But it's God, you ought to go because you, ought, because you want to. I went because I chose to. Because I believed the Bible. But I went, and I got saved when I was 14, but I was backslidden from 14 to 17. I wanted to be a rapper. I was a good rapper, too. Had a CD. That's what I was going to do. That was my plan. I had a plan. Had a CD. Had meetings with record execs. I was going to be a rapper. I was serious about it. I went to a youth conference, and the only reason I went is because... The preacher's daughter at the church, I liked her, and and uh, we couldn't date, of course. But, uh, amen, I'll get to that in a minute. But uh, we couldn't date, of course, but I liked her, and I knew if she went to this youth conference, there's going to be them preacher boys there, and them preacher boys, you know, they look sharp, and they, and, and they talk, or they ought to, and then they talk sharp, and, 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 uh, and, and man, I, I just, I didn't want her to like one of them, you know. Because I'm backslid. I know she don't want to like me. But I went just to be a bodyguard, you know. I didn't want none of them to like her. And if they came up, I was just like, what do you want? And I was intimidating to all them, to all the kids there. I mean, all of them, you know, were, 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 were good church kids. And here I was, a bus kid, and the man I looked at. Long, strappy hair. I didn't have the haircut, you know. I had all the facial hair. I, I mean, I looked, other than the, than the piercings. I never pierced my body. That's weird. But uh, Amen. I didn't, never went that far. But I looked a part of the bus kid. I went to that youth conference for that sole purpose. But I sat there and I listened, and here's what the preacher told me. God can use you. God can use you. And I thought, you know, even though I, even though I, I never went to Christian school, God can use you. Wait, wait a minute, Pritchie, you, you, don't, you don't know what all I'm into. I mean, I'm into some heavy stuff here. God can use you. Wait, wait a minute, I mean, I, I'm, God can use you. And I sat back there and I listened to that preacher preach on everything I liked. I hated it. 
the first service. Second service, I was like, wow, man, this guy don't quit. <laughs> Praise God for preachers with backbone. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. Just preach. And then he preached on everything I like. And he preached on everything I like again. And man, that third service, he preached. And all of a sudden, the Holy Spirit said, God wants to use you. I didn't know what I was doing. I went forward and I stood on a platform. And if you had to pick out of those, that's probably 100 kids up there. If you had to pick out of that 100 kids that was up there on the platform, if you had to say, there's one kid up there that will never make it, you had to pick me. I got the video. You can watch it. I won't tell you which one I am. And you'll pick me. But the only reason I went up there, I didn't know whether God was calling me to preach or whatever. Here's what I said. I said, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it. And as I was walking back to my seat, and, and I don't know how to work for you. It works for everybody different. God said, I want you to preach. And I said, to who? And it's almost like he said, don't worry about that right now. And, and, and he, he was worked it out. Let me tell you something. When I heard God had a plan for my life, that did something for me. You mean before I was ever born, even though I've made mistakes, even though I've blew some things, He has a plan for my life. I don't know, and, and I'm not saying that that plan for you is to be a preacher or a missionary or a, or, or, or a Christian school teacher or whether... I'm not even saying it's to go to Bible college. I, believe, I agree with preacher. You ought to at least give it a year. But let me tell you something. God's plan is for you to serve Him in whatever you do. Do you hear me? There is no Christian young person no matter what you do to earn money, that shouldn't serve God. That's the plan. That's the plan. Now, to some, God says, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to add also in your plan is this. But for everybody, the plan is to serve God. Did you hear me? Every person in this room, I can tell you right now, part of God's plan for your life is to serve God. I already know that. Part of God's plan for your life is to be in church every time the doors are open. Part of God's plan for your life is to live a clean and holy life. I already know that part. I can help you with that. Part of God's plan for your life is to be faithful in soul winning and telling others about Jesus Christ. I already know that part. But you know the other part. You know what the Holy Spirit has said to you this week. See, I don't know that. I can't hear what He says to you. But you can. And you've heard Him. You've heard Him tug. And He's telling you, I've got a plan for your life. Maybe this year at camp, maybe, maybe at other conferences, He's spoken to your heart and you've stayed in your seat and you've, you've buckled up and you, and you just won't move because you're so entangled in the devil's plan or your own plan. But God's got a plan for your life. Do you all believe that? Do you? Good, because if you don't, the rest of the sermon is a waste. Number two, God's plan is better than my plan. Did you hear me? God's plan is better than my plan. Let me tell you, 
When I got called to preach, man, I wanted, I was fired up, man. I, I, I preached to everybody. I listened to preaching all the time. I mean, I can quote sermons and, and all this, and that's all I do. I listen to sermons. I'm a preacher, amen? That's what I'm supposed to do. I want to be the best preacher I can be, amen? And, and, and I, I, I listen to sermons and I, I listen to preaching all the time and I, I want to be a preacher. And let me tell you what I do. I wanted to go to the mountains. I wanted to go uh, back to the mountains and start a church and that was my plan. That wasn't God's plan. I had to understand that. Are you with me? Let me tell you something. God's plan is better than my plan. I went to Richmond and I pastored a church and man, it was great. It was wonderful. Let me tell you something. Church was growing. No problems. Everything was great. God said, I want you to work with young people. I said, I am. I got young people in my church. Now, you may not talk to God the way I talk to God, and that's fine. You have your relationship with God. I have my relationship with God. We get along good. I said, I already got young people in my church. He said, no, not just those young people. A whole bunch of young people. I said, God, uh, where at? He said, just trust me. I said, okay. I'll go over wherever you want me to. I called preacher and I said, preacher, I don't know whether it's ten- Tennessee, Texas, Alaska, Mexico, Hawaii. <laughs> I was really praying for that one. I'm just kidding. I said, God, I, I, Where? And the Lord just worked it out. Let me tell you something. God's plan is better than my plan. Amen. You ever make a schedule? Some of you are like, what's that? <laughs> a schedule is where you write down what you're going to do during the day and you put a time limit on it and that's how you get all the stuff you need to get done in one day, done that day. That way you don't put it off to the next day. Oh, this is shocking. I'm not teaching algebra. Y'all with me? You know what I mean, schedule? Let me tell you something. Sometimes I'll write a schedule and God will change my schedule. He'll put people in my path that I'll have to talk to or witness to or, or, or be able to help. And I'll be like, but Lord, wait a minute. Now, I've got, I've got ten other things. Lord, but... And God says, hey, my plan is better than your plan. Listen to me. Everybody look at me. I know you've got dreams. You hear me? I know you've got desires, and I know you've got things you want to accomplish and things you want to do. Do you hear me? I had those too. But God's plan is better than your plan. Do you trust God? Do you really trust God? His plan is better than your plan. Number three, real quick, let me give you this. God's plan is the main thing. God's plan is the main thing. You believe God has a plan? Let me hear you say amen if you believe God has a plan. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let me tell you something. My main focus, my goal, my number one, the reason I live, the reason I got up this morning, the reason I moved, the reason I do what I do is God's 
plan. God's plan for my life. Serving God. Doing God's will. God's will for my life is to be the youth pastor at Clays Mill Road Baptist Church. It's to serve young people. It's to serve my preacher. It's to serve God. That's my plan. God has told me that. He's, he's showed me that in the Word of God and through the leading of the Holy Spirit. I know that's God's plan for my life because I pray and I ask God and He leads me and I know that's my plan. Therefore, every day when I get up, I get up and I know that I'm doing the plan that God laid for me before I was ever born. And that's why I'm happy. What could go wrong? What could go wrong? I'm doing what I was made to do. Everything then after that, look, God leads me to a new place. Eh, I'm doing the plan. God leads me, uh, 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 leads me and, and says, hey, live by these principles. Yes, sir. As long as I can do the plan. I just want to do the plan. The main thing is the plan. Listen, let me give you this. My places should not contradict the plan. Let me tell you what happens. We come to, uh, uh, when God gave Adam a plan, God gave Adam a place to do the plan. He gave him a place he could do the plan in. The place didn't contradict the plan. You remember us come to a meeting like this or we go to a camp or a youth conference and we get all fired up about the plan. You're going to go home and you're going to be pumped up. Man, I, God's got a plan for my life or I want to do God's will or i got a purpose or I want to cleave to the sword or, or I want to get rid of some things in my life and, 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 and man, you're, you're fired up. You can't find God's plan at the mall. Did you hear me? You can't find God's plan at the mall. It's not there. Ask Lot. They had a big mall in Sodom. It's in the Hebrew. Read your Bible. He went down there to Sodom. He, he didn't find what he was looking for. You won't find God's plan at the mall. You'll find the world at the mall. You won't find God's plan at the movies. You won't. But Davis, why are they why are they still preach against the movies? Uh, uh, movies are so common nowadays. Uh, uh, why do they still do that? Let me let me tell you something. Because we look for plan. We come out. You know what I learned? I learned this spiritual truth from this Hollywood movie. What? Churches today, youth groups today, Bible truths from a Hollywood movie. What? Do you know who made that movie? What are you talking about? Let me tell you something. You won't find God's plan at the movies. Let me tell you what you'll find. The devil's plan. You'll find your plan. And what do we just say? Whose plan is better than your plan and the devil's plan? won't find it there. You won't find it in rap or rock or country music. Let me tell you what I used to love. I used to love it when, when my pastor would get up and he'd preach on all them old groups that I didn't listen to. Y'all listen to me in the balcony. I know what you do. You hear your preacher preach on ACDC and Megadeth and all them. You're like, who's that? I'd leave. My grandma would say, you hear him preach on that music. You need to get rid of it. And I'd say, he didn't say nothing about my groups. My granny said, you know what he meant. I said, he meant what he said. He didn't say nothing about the people I like. That's what I said. Hey, listen, I know who you like. I'm 28. I used to like some of the people you like. 
Because apparently they don't quit singing. They still sing teeny bopping songs when they're 50. You know why? Because they're doing their plan. They're still trying to rap when they're 50. I don't know what they're rapping about. Medicare. Let me tell you something right now, though. Look at me real good. Let me look at me real good. You know what I'm talking about when I say rock, rock music, rap music, country music. You know who I'm talking about. Yes, I don't care who it is. You know whether it's wrong or not. If it wasn't wrong, why do you hide it from your parents and your preacher? Come on now. Wait. Yes, sir. Why when somebody grabs your cell phone, do you say, oh, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Oh. Wait a minute. Why are you so protective of your iPod? If it's not wrong. Or if you're not ashamed. Well, I'm just being who I am. Then won't you just be who you are then? And stop hiding it. You ain't being who you are. You're trying to be two people. That's a Pharisee. Uh, I'm sorry, that's a hypocrite. And we need to stop being hypocrites and Pharisees in our independent Baptist churches. Be real. If you got a problem, you ought to go to your youth pastor. You ought to go to your pastor and say, Preacher, i got a problem. I'm struggling with rock music. i got a problem. Because let me tell you something. You won't find God's plan in that junk. That's right. That's right. I've been there. I've tried. You know what I found? The devil's plan. Yes, sir. It'll ruin your life. Ah, oh, Brother Davis, it's just a song. You ever listen to the words? You ever print out the lyrics without the music? Come on now. Listen to me. Lay your Bible down and lay the words to that song down. And read the words to that song with your Bible open and staring you in the face. If you've got any ounce of the Holy Spirit in you now, if you're lost, let me tell you something. You're going to like the music. But if you've got any ounce of the Holy Spirit in you, conviction will fall faster than a rainstorm in Seattle. You can't find God's plan in that, John. Concerts. Young people flood the sports arenas going to see... Hannah Montana and all them other junk. I know y'all don't listen to Hannah Montana. I know who you listen to, but I ain't giving the devil the, 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 the honor of naming the groups. Dances. You ain't going to find God's will at a dance. Did you hear me? Two months from now, you go to prom, you ain't going to find God's will there. I'm just going to be honest with you. You ain't going to find God's will there. You ain't going to find God's plan at the prom. They ain't going to be there. God's plan ain't at the prom. Because that ain't His place. And God's person for you won't be at the prom either. Because God's person He has to help you do the plan won't be going to the prom. The place should not contradict the plan. Number two, uh, next, my personal principles shouldn't contradict the plan. Let me tell you what I mean. You believe God has a plan for you? You still believe that? 
then what you believe and practice and do should not contradict God's plan for your life. If you believe He has a plan, why do you struggle with good language? Why are you still cursing? Well, Brother Davis, it's just a few words. Is it in God's plan? Do you think when God wrote that blueprint for your life, you think He had in there those words for you to say? My principles shouldn't contradict the plan. If you believe God has a plan, why is your attitude of rebellion so clear? Why can you not listen to a sermon without rolling your eyes or closing your eyes or turning off the preacher? Why is that? Why are you so tied up in the world? Why do you fight standards? If God said, look, these principles will keep you in the plan. I just... That just seems so dumb. You ever felt that way? Be honest. Be honest. I have. I felt that way when I was a teenager. I got to wear what? You know what I'm talking about? Why do we, we got to do, I got to get a haircut for what? Listen, that's to keep me in the plan. See, your focus is all on the principles. Wrong focus. Ain't about the principles. You know what's it about? The plan. If you believe God has a plan, why do you never walk with God? Why do you look the part? You fellows wear your shirts and ties and you and you walk the walk and but and you talk the talk, but you have no idea or even a care about what God's plan is for your life. Lastly, the person shouldn't contradict the plan. With Samson and David, they let a dating relationship or they let a a member of the opposite sex interrupt their plan. He said, Brother Davis, why are so many against teen dating? Well, besides a hundred other reasons, it puts a person in the way of your plan. Listen to me. Teenager, this to me real good. I know that you are starting to think you, you, you're out of the, you've already turned in your resignation to the He-Man Woman Hunters Club. Alright? I got that. I got that. But let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Your focus should not be on a person. Unless it's the person that gave you the plan. This is your focus. This is your focus. This is number one. This is the main thing. Not a person. If you find a person as a teenager, most of the time that person will do nothing but pull you away from the plan. It's all about the plan. Not only that though. Amnon and Peter had friends. You know those friends that you sit by and you try to impress? Those ones that you watch to see if they move to the altar before you move to the altar? 
You know the ones that you want to know what they're into so that you can get into it too? Those same friends, those ones that you try to fit in with and you want the approval of and you want to be like, they aren't worth your plan. God has a plan for my life. Don't put people above your plan. Last thing, I'm finished. Number four, surrender to the plan. I understand in this room there is tons of potential, talent, ability. Dr. Jorgensen mentioned last night that, that, that he could do a lot of other things. I'll be honest with you. You all could do a lot of other things. God has this plan for you, but the truth is you could do a lot of other things. You could have your own plan. You could. But imagine that talent and ability and potential placed in the plan God has for your life. Imagine you with God. Huh? What a team. Huh? Let me ask you something. What's keeping you from the plan? Is it a place? Is it a principle? Is it a person? Don't let anything keep you from the plan. One story and I'm finished. 1519. Hernando Cortez leading a group of Spanish conquistadors to take Mexico. They sail their, their ships into an island just off of Mexico. They come out of their boats. The men know the plan. The plan is to conquer and take the island, to take Mexico for the Spaniards. They jump out of their boats. They begin to head that, or I'm sorry, what is now Mexico? Anyway, it wasn't Mexico back then. They jump out of their boats. They begin to grab their stuff and arm themselves, and they begin to march facing the enemy, facing conquering, facing victory. They begin to march knowing the plan is to conquer and to win. And as they're walking towards, they hear some noise and they turn around and they notice the very ships they sailed in on are on fire. They look at each other and they realize it's a long way from Mexico to Spain. What are we going to do? They realize there's only one option. And that's to stick to the plan. Those men marched. They went in there and they had to win because they needed their boats. Come to find out later though, listen. The Mexicans, or the people that lived there at the time in Mexico, weren't the ones who set fire to their ships. It is believed that the Spanish commander himself, Hernando Cortes, commanded for the men's boats to be burned. He gave the command, burn the boats so there would be no turning back. And so they must stick to the plan. There's some of you here, you're staring God's will in the face. You're going to graduate in May. And you're looking God's will in the eye. And God has tugged on you with the Holy Spirit of God. And He spoke to your heart. And He showed you His plan. 
You've heard the Holy Spirit this week. God has spoke to your heart. He's been dealing with you. He spoke to you over the years, over the months. Burn the bolts and stick to the plan. Let's bow our heads and close our eyes, please. Heads are bowed, eyes are bowed.